I'm Lacey. And I'm Kippen. We're two friends who love to get lost inside a great story. And we're welcoming you to our own little book club. This is One Page More, a podcast. Hello. Hey. So, spoiler alert, me and Lacey are actually in the same room for once in this podcast history. So, we're going to see how this goes. Um, Hopefully good. Excited. We are without notes. (laughs) We're just going to wing it. Yes. Like always. So today we're talking about uh, little fires everywhere, which I'm sure none of you have ever heard of because it's a very obscure novel. Okay. Um, tell me, how do you pronounce the author's last name? Ing. Ing. Okay. Celeste Ing is the author. Um, should we give it a rating before we jump in? Yeah. I would say, what do we, do we do out of four or five? Five. I would give this five stars. Really? Yes. I cannot believe that you, Okay. I enjoyed it a lot. I think I'm, I'll still stick around three and a half to a four. Probably mm-hmm. a four, if I'm being honest. Probably a four. I don't know. I this, was engrossed. It was just so... Like, it, it wasn't like it brought me to tears, and it didn't, like, make me laugh out loud, but I wanted to finish this book from the minute I picked it up. And that has been, a lo- like, a while. I don't know that this entire time that we've been recording, there's been a, one book that I was, like, from the get-go totally caught up in and I really love this from the first page. So it took me probably a few chapters to really feel that way. I did eventually. One, once I got halfway through, I, I think I powered through it in like a, two hours or something. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a one. But I still, um, I enjoyed it. I don't know. It took me a minute. It was, so of course, this, this is one of those, well, I guess, okay. Actually, what have you been up to this week? And <laughs> maybe we'll dive in. Yes. <laughs> so, Lacey and her family have been visiting, which has been awesome. Seeing my new little baby niece who's been born um have we is this our first podcast of the season or this no? will be our second it's our, our second, second. okay yeah we've taken a little hiatus here but that's okay uh my husband graduated from pa school <laughs> and now we're like job hunting and relaxing a little bit and about to start your own vacation yeah it's oh my gosh such a relief Yep, we are, we're on week three, we wrapped up week three of vacation, so it has been really fun, and also, it's very exhausting not to be at your own house, so. Would you call this a vacation or a trip? Oh. No, I I would still say vacation. We have, the the first half was with my family, and where they live was a lot of lounging around, but also, like, my parents jump in and help a lot, so that was really fun. For me to just like sleep in a good bit and then since we've been in um here with graham's parents we've definitely done a lot of like traveling and doing being out and about in the community and doing stuff and we lived here for five years and so we miss it so we're hitting up all our top spots so yeah it's been fun it is tiring it's very tiring but yeah enjoyable nonetheless okay so it's a little overview little fires everywhere is A story mainly to do with two women and their families. Um, And these women are from completely different, like, socioeconomic backgrounds. In the book, it does not talk about that they're explicitly different races. But you kind of, even in the book, I think you kind of, like, get the impression that they're just very, very different people. And in the way that they themselves and their families interact with one another... Um, especially their teenage children. Um, And then there's also an element of a woman who 
has basically given up her baby for adoption and then wants the baby back. And then there's like, that's kind of a storyline that runs through the entire book, um, which is also incredibly interesting. And when I first stumbled upon that plot line, I was kind of like, this is coming out of left field. I was not expecting that at all. Um, but I ended up really enjoying that as well. And there was just so... Man, Celeste Ng, it was just like a master of the gray area. That's another reason I think I really liked this book because there's just so many points where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally on this person's side. Oh no, just kidding. Like, it definitely has to be this lady or whatever. And yeah, I mean, some of them are more clear than others, but especially with the adoption case, it just like really tears at you. Some of, yeah, some of these are, this is exactly the kind of book that you want to have a discussion about and mm-hmm. like, and really dive in and see um, exactly what you said, like who side you're on. So, okay, I'm trying to think. So right from the beginning, we find out Little Fires Everywhere is coming from the fact that, um, is it Elena? Elena? Yeah. You know what's weird to me? So I listened Elena? to the book. The The narrator was excellent. She was really good. Um, so I would actually... I would say listen to it if you can. It was really good. Um, but in the in the recording, they say Elena. And then whenever I no. watch... Yeah. Get out of Elena. Here. I, but then I'm in the, to in the, the movie, they say Elena. Elena? Yeah. And it's even weirder See, to me. I would me. say Elena. Like, right. I mean, just through the But the don't spelling. you think that they would have been like, hey, author, how do you mean her name to be said? Maybe they did because the author has a cameo during the show. So they, they very wouldn't well have could done have. that in the dang. Oh, I guess you're right. You mean audiobook? The, well, but Elena I mean, and knows? Elena are very different. Elena, that's just bizarre. Yeah, that's a clear mispronunciation. Yeah, Elena. <laughs> There's the no pass on that one. Okay, uh-huh. so we're gonna but, say Elena, I guess. Elena. Okay. So, I can Elena. So, okay, so Elena is watching her house burn, and little fires everywhere. It's, it talks about how, in, I think, like each of the main bedrooms. Uh, like a fire was lit. And so like this, you know, uh, it's the ending. And then all of a sudden it dives into the beginning. Yeah. And Elena is like a wasp. She's a white, rich lady. They have a very nice home. They live in this place called Shaker Heights in Ohio. That's like an upscale, very regulated. I enjoyed the description on it too. Cause it yeah. was like the, what was it? Like it's a like the Quakers entire, yeah. that they all had this, like this, perfect idyllic community so mm-hmm. it really kind of like set the scene that like these are the kind of people elena and what was the dad's name uh <laughs> matt or matt, maybe like i don't know some, some generic white man name <laughs> right so like you know they both had these great careers she is a reporter at a lesser known i think um like a local paper right but yeah. but still mm-hmm. you know like a little bit of prestige and knows a lot of people and then he I think was he like a lawyer or something yeah. or other so they've definitely like you know they fit exactly this little place and then their their children they have doorsteps they've got Lexi who's a senior mm-hmm. Trip who's a junior Moody who is a sophomore and then Izzy who is a uh, freshman I really wish they had told us what Moody's real name is. In the show, okay, I wondered this, and I looked it up, and it didn't have an answer. In the show, it said it was Michael. Okay. Which I was like, okay, but they were also calling him Moody as a baby, so I was yeah, kind of like, maybe yeah. his name is just Moody. I, mean, hmm. I don't know. Who knows? But bizarre. That was a weird plot point for me, though. What? 
every yeah. single year you have a child and oh, that they're that because 100%, I was percent yes I was even think you know you can maybe get you can get away for, with two for sure I have cousins that are like mm-hmm. that three I'm like okay but four because I'm yeah. even thinking like if your birthday falls you know September second yeah. you're the year behind well, so we have I was one a bit... friend who almost has kids like that. That's and they're all in like November, yeah, oh, November and December. Right. But the but by the fourth one, she needed a little bit of a break. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Elena is hardcore, and right. she must have been whipped. And for she years. too talked like in the book. That's you know, and it when it's like talking about her personality. It's like she was an only child, so she really. It kind of set the scene that that she wanted her kids to have this kind of like level of companionship that she never had, but it was just. I agree with you, and it actually made me think, does Celeste Ng have children, and if she does, how many, and if she does, how close? Because I, it just, every other point of this woman's life doesn't really match up with the person that would have four children. (laughs) Now, this is the 90s, so it's a little maybe more normal, but like, I got asked, people are acting these days, honestly, like that they have two kids and they have a big family. You know what I mean? Right, where it's like, like a, got, a bigger deal to have. I've got yeah. three children between the ages of five and seven months, and people think, and at my age, which is 31, I'm like cuspy for being a weirdo. Well, what I'm <laughs> thinking is at this point, I also have three kids. Yes. I have three kids under three years old. Mm-hmm. That would be me having another child <laughs> within the next year, and I literally. <laughs> R.I.P. It would ha- exactly right. Go ahead and dig the little grave out there. So I that that plot point was a bit bizarre. Yeah, and you're right. Like her life. So in her character, she's a very organized. Um, like I said, she knows everyone in the community. She's constantly yes. like reaching out all of her friends that talk about hyper A type. Right there. I mean, just yeah. That was mm, anyways a bit odd. But it introduces all these siblings, and, and they're very bourgeois. This family. Yes. It was like. They're obviously, like, um, a liberal, but I'll put that in quotes because it's definitely, it's the Clinton era. This is all set in the 90s or 1989 or whatever it is. I think it's 98. 98. There you go. Uh, 1989, of course. Anyway, um, so they think of themselves as, like, upstanding members of the community that they would bend over backwards and, like, they do their part civically and yeah. that they're more liberal-minded, but then the whole book kind of drags that premise of like who you think you are versus who you really are by your actions and what that really means. Um, I'm thinking, so, uh, one of the, or the eldest daughter, her boyfriend is black and it talks about how he wants to be the first black president. And, oh, now I, okay. I I gotta admit, I watched part of the show and I'm going to try not to mess up between (laughs) the show and the book. I'm pretty sure this is the book where the mom calls, the mom calls them, I think she refers to black people as African Americans. Yes. And then she even goes back and corrects her. It's like, mom, like, you know, say black people. Yeah. Which I feel like even now is like, you know, whenever it changed from uh, POC to BPI. Yeah. B-I, whatever. BPOC. You know what I'm saying here. <laughs> Right. But just kind of say, like, you know, maybe not as woke as you think. One step out, it's funny that her daughter is correcting her when really, like, I'm sure no person of color feels exactly the same. Like, there are some people that want to be called African American and there are some people that prefer black or whatever. And, 
yeah, the whole thing is just kind of like absurdist <laughs> that they would even two white women would right. be arguing about this in any capacity. It's like ridiculous. So they live here. They have their perfect little life. Um, their fourth child, Izzy, is kind of a black sheep and you get that right from the beginning, but we'll press pause. Me and Lacey were talking before the podcast about how you don't hear much about Izzy the first quarter, I'd say, of the book, but she is a crucial character and the real, like, little matchstick in this whole series. But, um, on the flip side, you have Mia and... Pearl, her daughter. And so what is Elena's or Elena's um last name? Richardson. Richardson. So the Richardsons have a rental property. This was so funny to me about how she keeps this rental property and the rent for this two bedroom beautiful apartment <laughs> is five hundred dollars. I thought it was three hundred. It was three hundred dollars a month. And now this is also uh to set the scene, you know, it's constantly talking about how, like, prestigious this area is. And it was meant to be this, like, idyllic community. So, it's really, I mean, I'm thinking of, like, this, like, wonderful utopia. This place you yes. want, you know, everybody's dying to get into. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like, $300? Me and Jared's first please. apartment was $500 a month. It had <laughs> one, or, no, it had two AC units in the, and we live in Florida, okay? It had no heat, and we moved in in the beginning of winter. Yes, we live in Florida, but it gets cold in the winter, just like everywhere else. And I remember having like eight blankets on me and just freezing. <laughs> uh, we had like infestations of flies. We had several dead animals in our chimney. Like it was the worst place. I'm pretty sure that y'all had to always come over here and wash your laundry. Yeah, we had like no laundry. 40 minutes across town. We had, <laughs> it would, yeah, it was, there was about 15 feral cats that lived right outside our window. We were next to the train track. <laughs> like, I could go on. All the homeless people out there. Right. Spare change, I ma'am. could go on. But anyway, even in the 1998, <laughs> I'm like, I, I was like, surely this can't be realistic. Right. And this... so me and Pearl, they rent this place from the Richardsons. And right from the get go, you get the idea or it says this I... plainly that yeah. Elena thinks she's doing a great like she wants someone who deserves it to have this apartment. She, she wants to feel so like good project. about herself yes. that she's like, and it talks about this uh, man that immigrated, I think from like Hong Kong. So this little Asian guy, and I think maybe he works at a school and like, you know, she feels this like bit of pride that for 20 years, you know, she's helped this like little lowly immigrant who can't speak a lot of English, yeah. you know, so she's, and she's he's, definitely he the like, downstairs. Right. Um, also where I grew up is kind of like Shaker Heights. I mean, only in the fact that the entire town is run like an HOA style. Like in my town growing up, you if you had your grass too high, they'd write <laughs> you a fun. ticket. Or if you had a car parked in your driveway with no license plate, you'd get a ticket. I literally had such an exact opposite experience growing <laughs> right. up. It is hard for me to imagine. Yeah. That's what I kind of think of at my husband or our husband's parents' community. I think of yeah. something like if your garage this, door is open, they'll get right. you a ticket. <laughs> Which is very ridiculous to me. Yeah. Here nor there. So right. So I so as soon as we kinda jump in, Mia is a um she's an artist. She's uh specifically a photographer. She works a ton of little like lowly jobs. It talks about how she'd worked as a cleaner. Mm-hmm. Um at the current time she's working at like what's like Lucky Palace, like yeah. a little Chinese takeout place. They eat a lot of the 
leftovers her and her daughter and she does little odds and ends jobs um just so she can support herself and it really starts to talk about how pearl i believe pearl is you 15 at the time yes around there she's a sophomore her and moody are the same age how she's really never had a home it it I don't think it explicitly says, but it makes it sound like a couple times a year they're moving. Mm -hmm. So she just kind of, you know, uh, Mia has a project. She works on the project at this area. As soon as that project's done, she's a lady in New York named Anita. She sends the pictures over to her, and then they're gone. And I think that's what Pearl thinks, because that's what her mother has always told her. Like, we're only staying in one area because of my projects. But then we'll oh, talk true. about later true. why I think they're actually moving around a lot, which is probably paranoia on right. the part of Mia. Um, totally. Mia in the book, and I think we can... Well, let's just keep this yeah. here for now. <laughs> but um, Mia ha- is like the epitome of like an artiste. Like You can tell she does not care about money. She is not driven by status. She's not driven by things at all. And later in the, in the book, you kind of get a flashback to her as a teenager and where she comes from. And it's always been that way. She just like is purely an artist and purely very, very different. In the book, she kind of has this like mystical vibe almost where she just like is very zen. She's super talented but she also like just seems to know how to help people and how to comfort them and she seems see i just thought she was know. such a pure person yeah. one of the things is so it talks about how um mia uh and pearl are, you know moving around they pretty much consider themselves nomads and Pearl loves her mom so much. And she's yes. annoyed by it, but she doesn't hold it against her. No. Can you imagine this, that you have no roots? You know, at this point, I believe she, she knows she has grandparents, but she doesn't even press her mom to have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking, like, imagine you have no one in your life but your mom. If her mom was to die... Imagine being I mean, 14 right. and not having an issue with this. Not, not a friend. Yeah. I, like, her mama is her only friend. I just was really kind of like, wow, like, Mia must be such a special person. And I love their relationship. Because um, mm-hmm. Pearl's not a weirdo, either. Right. She's a little introverted at first, but there's nothing about them that are, like, that's off-putting or strange. Right. She immediately, when they when they move into this house, she makes friends with Moody, who is sent over to check up on them. Um, and Moody pretty instantly, like, falls for Pearl and this does kind of kill me in the book. Like, I know that just because you like someone doesn't mean that they have to like right. you back. We'll have to talk about this when we get there because that the was, same time, was a soft spot they, in my heart. They are their best friends in just such a, again, a pure way. It's not just because of happenstance. Like, Moody plays an instrument and writes songs. Pearl is a poet. They, like, get each other on this very nuclear level of actually having common interests. Both of them, too, were such loners. So the yes. older two uh, siblings really, like, the two of them were both, like... Uh, like their mom. Right, exactly. Very outgoing, very popular. Moody is kind of like the nerdy brother. Izzy, such, like, she's basically a social outcast, but she doesn't give a crap. Mm-hmm. Where Moody, like, it, it does kind of bother him, and he does see himself in this way. And the same with Pearl, only in the sense of that she's so new everywhere she goes. So, yeah, they really connected. Yeah. I love their friendship right from the start. That It was just very cute. <sighs> 
I remember in the book how Moody says in the book or thinks that like maybe none of this, meaning the rest of the story would have happened if he had never introduced her to the rest of his family. But that's all he had to offer her, which is what he thought. Like Right, that he alone wasn't enough. Right, that he wanted her to I don't know if she he was trying to impress her with like his large home or his like comfortable thing. I think more like he cared about Pearl and was excited to have her as a friend. So he wanted to bring her into his life to show her off. I think to the rest of his I think family. it's kind of a mix. At the very beginning, yeah. the first scene when they meet, um Pearl and uh Mia have just found a bed or like a uh yeah, like a four poster. Like right, a bed frame. Like, yeah, bed frame in like what the trash can or yeah. or like a by dumpster or something or other. And he at a point it talks about like he's really shot like he knows like he just always opens his refrigerator and he knows there's going to be food and and suddenly he sees that like yeah they have it but it's like you know it, it the description is talking about like the the congealed uh fat <laughs> over the you know the mushu pork or whatever yeah. it is and like and he's suddenly kind of and to him he's like he actually brings a point up to her or he mentions the port to point to pearl like hey why doesn't your mom just work more hours? Or, you know, like, basically, like, why is your mom not providing enough for you? So, it definitely, I think, is that he he does care about her. And he wants her to be able to kind of have what he thinks she deserves. Because right. he feels and like she's not getting it. And she, Pearl, totally respects the fact. And I guess it's just because that's all she's ever known. But she, that her mother works to live and doesn't live to work like she works to own only to support the base level of needs so that she can also be an artist on the flip side like she is a very talented artist and she has had really important sales but because of things later in the story you realize like she can't really build her art career in the way that she could in a in a place like New York City or whatever um, right. And so I think she's kind of come to come to peace with that because there are things that she has that she's willing to sacrifice for. Um, so anyway, they all become friends. They go to school together and they come home every day after school and they watch Jerry Springer. <laughs> that, That's just that so funny to, to me. me. I used to oh, do that whenever I was homesick from school. But I would so sit next to the TV <laughs> just in case my parents would walk in so I could like turn Flip the channel. Flip it off. <laughs> No, Dad, I wasn't watching Mari Povich. What do you What do you mean? Exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, Jerry Springer specifically. There were so many. You know that that was so cute. But yeah, so they all became such close friends. I'm trying to remember. Did it really ever say Izzy was her friend? She, the older three, and her totally. No, not were really. Very close. I think Izzy, like you said, like a true loner. She didn't even. Later, she actually resents Pearl because Izzy becomes very enamored with Mia and wants Mia for herself, I think, and just, like, imagines herself in right. this life. So, yeah, I don't... They're not close. So, there was a point that I was going to bring up, and it, it doesn't... Also, Jerry the... Springer, obviously, very trashy television, but it's very, like, meta because everything that happens in this story is totally, like, Jerry Springer-worthy in the most, you know, elite community and, you know, this idyllic place. So, what, right away, it does start talking about, like, Moody, you know, you can immediately tell he starts having feelings for the, feelings for Pearl, and I, 
as the person I am, I'm literally like, I'm waiting for, you know, for Pearl to fall in line, for them to fall in love. And all of a sudden, I remember I was genuinely shocked. There's this chapter where it starts talking about how the buildup of, of like pent up emotion from her and Trip, the, the older brother, this I guess this maybe wouldn't have bothered me as much, but there were several uh, little like comments where Trip was specifically like putting Moody down mm-hmm. that just rubbed me the wrong way. And I, right, this Pearl, was such a Pearl could be who she is, but also still right. like lust after Trip after her only friend, yes. originally her only friend. That all that I hurt. can say is Pearl is for sure a 14 year old, like. They, I accept that this would actually happen. I could see it happening. It still hurts because crap like this happens all the time when you're a teenager and you're right. at your core kind of selfish and horny. Okay. And this, I mean, and he was described as being like the athletic, yeah. really handsome brother. But at the same time, yeah. And a from sweet the beginning, movie. she's like giving him a side look, trying to sit next right. to him on the couch. And Moody is totally oblivious, like has no Because he's, yeah, right. Well, he's thinking that she's all his. What also kind of got to me is he got her this, like, really special, was it like a leather-bound? Yeah, um, I think it's like a right, moleskine or something. For her to be able to go and write all her poetry in. It's like he's, I mean, it's his, like, last dollar, but it's, like, not that he wouldn't yeah. have more. But still, it's, you know, this this thoughtful. But, yeah, but instead... Um, her and Trip start getting closer and closer, and in the meantime, Elena extends an offer to Pearl, not Pearl, to, to Mia, Mia uh, inviting her to be their housekeeper. And again, this is totally like tinged with like I'm a do-gooder because right. she's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, she's working at the Lucky Palace. They have barely any food. Like, I should hire her to work in my house. Didn't she even say like? Like, stock food for my book clubs? Like, how demeaning. Just, really trying her best to kind of think of some sorry reason. And the, from the get-go, Mia immediately intuits that Elena is not going to back down of trying to insert herself into herself and Pearl's life. So she's just like, whatever, okay. And she also, and one of the uh, one of the main reasons I thought why she accepts it is she really wants to keep her own eye on Pearl. Yeah. But she knows, okay, Pearl is going to be in this, uh, in this home because it doesn't say that they're occasionally over. It says every single day. Yep. Mia, they don't have TV. You know, her mom, I guess, is working on her art or whatever, mm-hmm. and so she's just. You know, she goes over every day, and so she even arranges her hours where she can be there to kind of, like, spy and, like, you know, be Mm -hmm. present a little bit more, which I was like, okay, as a parent, I get that. Like, you know, you want to be able to spend more time with your kid, Uh, and of course, poor little Pearl trying to go after Trip is not interested, but... Yeah, and she's horrified, I'm sure. I don't remember if she's upset that she's working in their house or not in the book. But I think she's not interested. Or, like, she's, she's not like, great. why are you here? Yeah. I think she wanted the Richardsons for herself. Like, it's right. all, like, this... Well, it's Lots it's of people just, playing fantasy here. Like, well, trying on different lives, I think. I was going to say, I think this is kind of whenever Izzy becomes, like, you know, yes. whenever she very first really meets Mia. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's very much like the two of them are kind of like, wow, what would it be like if I had this life right yeah. now? And so they both, you know, while they're not wishing, you know, their lifestyles away, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, like, what would it be like to see how the other half, like, truly lives? Or, you right. know, how different would my life be? 
And so while Mia is seems to be a good parent and also like a genuinely good person, she's also, I think, pretty aloof and just comfortable with herself. So while she takes up the offer, it's not like she's groveling at anyone's feet or like bending over backwards to just, you know, praise Elena for helping her out. And it just starts to like eat at Elena a little bit. Like right. she is, wants her to yeah, be. Yeah. Who is this person? Like where is she coming from? Just something about her like rubs her the wrong way. Well, and she's just got the personality where she she wants to do good, but she's she needs that praise. Yeah. She needs you to praise her for doing this like big deed. Yeah. She's really looking for that. Right. So, um I don't even know if we have we even discussed their name. So Mia's name is Mia Warren. Yeah. And she starts diving in and she cannot find any information about her. And she kind of and now, I will say this, too, is a bit of a stretch, but I guess it could have happened. Mm-hmm. She kind of gets a little bit of a ping that there was a lady named Mia Wright. And she ends up, I think, finding this at the um, the art school that she went to in New York City. And then she kind of goes down this little trail to find out that there was actually a set of siblings named Mia and Warren Wright. And so she takes a little trip to see the parents of Mia and Warren. Yeah, and this is, I don't remember exactly, like, how they get there because she becomes like really irritated with Mia and that's why she ends up going. It was almost like, I think it was part of the trial. So, Oh yeah. Before that all happens, when Mia's working at Lucky Palace, she makes a friend there. It's another waitress. Her name is Bibi and she's a Chinese immigrant. Um, I don't think she's illegal in the book. I think she's here legally. But anyway, it 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 turns out that Bibi had a baby about a year ago, and she, it's really like hard to read this part. It's so sad because Bibi, she was Bibi's, a single mom. Yes, she dad was had left. totally broke, like left alone. Obviously, had severe postpartum depression. Um, her baby wouldn't nurse, like pretty much anything like it talks about how she would um scrape the diapers and like put them back on the baby because she had no money for diapers the she, baby would become so raw because it's yes, wearing these like same soggy the baby diapers never stopped crying because it was hungry and she couldn't uh, afford the formula and yeah. it wouldn't nurse and right eventually baby's of- kind of like comes to the edge wraps the baby in every single piece of clothing she has and leaves it at a um a fire station and that she just like regret like after a few months when she kind of comes out of this fog she just regrets it every single day and she's been looking for the baby ever since meanwhile the Richardsons have these friends the McCulloughs who about a year ago adopted a little Chinese baby that was left they at did, a fire they station. They didn't adopt. They, right. They fostered they, it. Right. They're fostering and, and the baby. In the process of adoption. Yes. And I should mention, the baby's name is Mei Ling, and the McCulloughs have renamed the baby Mirabelle. 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 The ugliest <laughs> name, and it talks about how they like search through the knot to find the name for. So Mirabelle. And... Um, the Richardsons are going to, to Mirabelle's first birthday party. Lexi is like totally enthralled with this little baby. Um, anyway, everybody's so happy for them and they have the adoption is pending and it's just like a few weeks away or something. Well, because they're working together, 
Mia ends up hearing about Mirabelle, puts two and two together, and then feels obligated to tell BB that she knows where her baby is. And then that very night, BB goes to her house, to the McCullough's house, bangs on the door, and basically like demands to be able to see her child. And there's just this whole thing. And then this is where the story turns and then this becomes the crux of the whole story where this just explodes into this custody battle um and very quickly uh elena realizes that it was um mia that tells bb about the baby and like she's kind of the lynch point the point and like where everything i don't know has gone to crap so this at this point of the book i'm trying to think i was maybe I don't know, four or five weeks postpartum. So I'm having a lot of feelings thinking about this. A (laughs) lot of feelings. I also just gave birth to a daughter, so it's a little bit even more. Mm -hmm. And there, and whenever Mia finds out about this, she cannot hold it from, like, there is no way that she can withhold it from BB. It talks about, and it's maybe like my favorite part of the book, when she very first has her daughter. And I think maybe it's even the like within the first couple nights. She's living out of her car. She lives in this little old rabbit. And she talks about like how she's got the little baby like snuggled up. And just those like feelings. And I felt those same feelings when I'm reading it in the book. Where it's like you just feel so enthralled and engrossed with this like love of this tiny little new precious little baby. And so she's feeling you know, like, oh, wow, like, you know, this is the mother of this child, and she deserves to have her back so that she can, you know, have this exact same experience, even though that she let her go. So, I, I just thought that was such, like, a, because, or such an important part, because, of course, as soon as the trial and whatnot begins, the, the McCulloughs are immediately like, oh, my gosh, like, you left her in the cold. You left her in Chino diapers. She's dehydrated. She's starving. Nourished, yeah. Right. She's got all these problems. But at the same time, they're just, you know, per, or excuse me, Mia knows, okay, but she had, she, she missed this experience and she deserves to have this experience with her yeah. daughter. Well, just, now on the flip side, the McCulloughs have had infertility issues their entire marriage and they've been trying to have babies it seems like for like 18 years yes and so they look at this and as, they're also well to do so it's yes very different side of the right tracks. and they're linda is her name right yes I think linda. linda views this as like a total gift from god like this after having miscarriage after miscarriage like ivfs that don't work like all of these things and i think they've even been on an adoption yes. wait list for years there was a series of things that went wrong right that this is like her opportunity to finally have a baby and so she and it does kill me like they raised yeah. this baby for like 10 or 11 months like i just can't imagine that either it would be so hard especially when you when you are set up with like a, okay you're gonna foster this baby it has um, no it, one and it has no one like it's it. it's like oh of course like this is my baby there's nobody to go back to um, and even if you would think about it it's like okay there could be someone you would think but they left the baby in this situation yes. they're obviously unfit they're trash. Yeah. right you would you know there'd be no in my mind I'm thinking oh there's no justification versus me who every single night is singing this child a song <laughs> tucking it in the bed right. and you know watching over it making sure it's happy mm-hmm. you would feel yeah there was no comparison so this is where I I forget like does does Elena 
know that Mia has done this and then she still ends up working there? Like, how long does that go on? I don't remember. I believe she started working first and then she then she goes and sees the parents. And she works there with them. It seems, I thought she worked with them up until the end of the book. Right. Because it's very the, interesting. the show, y'all, if you watch the show, uh, you probably have no idea what we're talking about. The yeah. show was so... Completely different. different, and that's why I said it was almost a mistake. I <laughs> watched it. I know. I believe now she my works mind there. Is like a little. Because uh. in the at the very last scene of the book, she puts the keys. Well, maybe it's her house keys, though. Yeah. Dang. I was thinking it was her big house, them. but yeah. Regardless, she stays there a while. They know the... pretty well, like soon enough that it was her, or they infer that it was her that did it, and so because that Elena kind of justifies it to herself that she deserves to know more about this woman that's in her home so she like Lacey said takes a trip to Pittsburgh or wherever to meet um Mia's family that she's dug up meanwhile her daughter is home her daughter who this whole thing is set up to be like baby crazy also totally head over heels in love with her boyfriend they have sex and um Lexi gets pregnant and this actually made me so sad that she felt like she couldn't even tell the boyfriend that it had happened. Like, I just, that made me so sad. I'm like, come on, girl, she at least not, tell him. She doesn't tell support. her boyfriend. She doesn't tell her parents. The only people that really knows Pearl. is Pearl. And That this, was bizarre to me. Because she also it talks about in the beginning of the book, she's got a, a best friend yeah. that she doesn't, I no, don't believe. She doesn't want anyone I mean, to judge her, and she doesn't want anybody to know. Pearl, to her, is like, she's above Pearl in her mind. She has, like, yeah, power over right. Pearl. And she even right. had already, she eventually makes an appointment at Planned Parenthood to get an abortion. She already knew when she called Planned Parenthood, she gave them Pearl's name instead of her her own name. So, I think she just... And it doesn't really even explain as to why she did, other than... In the show, it's like, oh, this is her mama's friend. But no, in, it's in the book, too. But does, does she know that her mama works there? Or her mama, yes. not works there, but she her knew mama's friend works that there? that her um, mother's good friend, her um, her roommate from college, is like the director of all the Planned Parenthoods. And so okay. she didn't want... And, and also, her mom is just well-known in the community. I think both of her parents are. Right, so her last and name might be a red flag. Right. She didn't want anybody to know. So, anyway, she ends up telling Pearl, I totally think it's a power play. Because they were just getting a little friendly. Right before this, she had decided to take Pearl out um, to a party with her. And it's... And left her? Yes. That... I could... My nightmare. That's... Okay. The the socially inept person that I am, (laughs) and the way that my anxiety is laid up, I would have just about died and then i believe then she finds out the boy trips over here he's sleeping with somebody else during this while this is happening while pearl's like hanging around looking for trip at this party oh my moody is totally disgusted that she went to this party in the first place which he has a right to be but this definitely like paints the picture of pearl she's not fixing to be with him (laughs) she just wants to try on something new she wants pearl's pretty but she doesn't like wear a lot of makeup or she's not flashy and she's more All her like, clothes are from the Goodwill. Yeah, she wa- she's more Very... like her mom, but she doesn't want to be. And I think she wants to try and be glamorous and change and to have something new, which totally makes sense. I think most teenage girls are like that in some way or another. But 
Anyway, Lexi has just started kind of taking her underneath her wing. And I do think that she manipulates her a little bit because she, I don't know. Pearl gets upset with um, Lexi when they get to the appointment and she realizes that she had given him her name. But she still, like, goes forward with she it. She immediately, like, forgives her. She doesn't yeah. hold it against her. She's kind of just like, okay. Right. Uh, and not only does she not hold it against her, but she ends up, I believe, taking her back to her house mm-hmm. after the appointment. And she stays the night with them. And and Pearl helps, but specifically Mia. And this was one of the reasons why I loved Mia so much in the book. Is She just had such a kind heart. And she, I believe... At this point, does she know that she used Pearl's name? No, I don't think so. I think she just kind of... She doesn't even... She never tells her really what they even just did. I but think she Pearl just, does she just, maybe later. But she just she can knows. tell that something's... She infers immediately kind of what had happened. And she just, without judgment, cares for this teenager who has nowhere else to go. And offers a little bit of refuge. Um... And I think she even says something to the effect of, like, hopefully you can tell your mom someday or whatever. And Lexi had planned this because she knew that her mom would be out of town. Right. Um, and it's sad because they are, it's not like they hate their mother. They love their mother and their father, Lexi and Tripp and they just, Judy do. It's yeah, just, just like a more share. formal relationship, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's true, I guess. And very different from... I would say even Mia and Pearls, but I guess even she begins keeping secrets whenever they start sleeping yeah. together, and she's, like, lying to her and also to um, Moody about what's going on. Like, you know, she's totally right. not able to come clean. It's just like, okay, it's better if yeah. <laughs> if you just don't know what's going on here. So after this, I mean, Pearl does become closer to Lexi. She continues to become closer to Trip. Which I feel like Moody at this point kind of begins to take a hint. Yeah. And is like disgusted and slowly like, oh, Mm -hmm. wait a minute. Right. And there's a reason. Because like uh, if you're, you know, in your 20s, you realize pretty quickly, okay, I've been hanging out with this girl every day for months and nothing's happened. Like I'm probably friend zoned or whatever. Like I should have made my move. But then when, when you're, you're 14, <laughs> you're like, oh, I've been hanging out with this girl every day for months. <laughs> Get out of here. Like, I'm just, uh, I, you know, I, she surely right. likes me. You see it in such a different way and you had the expectation that somebody would, right. you know. So while all this is happening, one day Pearl goes to the Richardson's house knowing full well that no one else is there but Trip. She helps him with a math problem because she's super duper <laughs> smart and then she shoots her shot and kisses him and just takes it to the whole next level. And they end up having sex. And that was really a little shocking that to me. That seemed out of character. I just to maybe, go from like, I mean, had she even had a kiss before? I don't even know. I think it... I don't, they don't, I, I don't believe that. it mentions a kiss. But it it does talk about this like shy personality that she's got. Yeah. Like she does eventually kind of come out of it. But mm-hmm. she's... I thought that was a big transition because this is what, like two months, two months into their mm-hmm. uh, move or whatnot. And still, this is at his house. I don't know, though. This might be more of... like six months because they're there a total of 11 months. Is it 11 months? It goes okay. over almost okay. a year. I was thinking it was like five. Yeah, five this goes months. almost a year. So I'm going to say this is probably six or okay, seven so months I guess into that's... them being there. It was long enough that she was like entrenched as almost part of the family. And like she was comfortable enough around Trip. 
but not long enough that, like, Moody would have totally given up or anything. Right. Anyway, they kind of get into this, like, clandestine relationship where they're going to this guy's basement and, like, being together. (laughs) That is so bizarre. And, again, I, girls, if anyone ever tells you, like, it's better to have a secret and be in a secret relationship, walk away. He will never change. How many books have we read that this... This happened in was it in the van uh, part was in the vanishing half? Yeah. Normal people and there was another book that I can't remember what it was, but I remember we discussed it. That like this just keeps happening where these people are like It's a pop it'll point. be a secret yes. relationship and it'll be great and it yeah. is never great. No. <laughs> no. It's but, manipulative. Uh, it makes you feel special, but really you're being treated like it, garbage. I think it makes you feel special until you sit down and think about it. And yes. then you're like, oh, like I'm like a side piece. This right. isn't really cool. I would have liked to see how this played out. Because later it yeah. does seem like Tripp do really like each has other, genuinely. Yeah, fallen for this girl. And that it's he's almost more keeping it a secret because of Moody in the end, like because of his family. Well, I'm glad he was ashamed because yes. I was ashamed oh also. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh, that 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 part in the book it really just hurt me so much because I'm like, wow, this guy just so genuinely is nice and kind and took her under his wing, and I guess mm-hmm. she doesn't owe him for that. No. But at the same time, I'm like, it's come hard. on, it's hard to not like the nerd. I know, and it's it never says want. that Moody is unattractive. He views himself as unattractive. But it's just that the brother is the superior, yes. like he's athletic, the and cool. cool, and whatever. Anyway, there's like a lot of plot points kind of interwoven through the rest of the book about the trial, and then they go back and forth about who oh, should wait. have Mirabelle. But we've got to get to so while. There's this major cliffhanger, and I yes. this is one of those things that I was telling Kip, and I cannot stand, but at the same time, I guess it engrosses you into a book. So whenever Mia, um, not Mia, when Elena goes to Mia's house, her parents' house, she finds out that she had showed up. So her brother Warren had passed away, and thus Mia kind of like transformed into this new identity, took on her brother's last name. She took his the rabbit she's been living out of for. 14, 15 mm-hmm. years was her brother's that she finds out that she was pregnant and it wasn't how do I, how do I describe it? it? It makes it sound as if it wasn't her child is yes. how, is how the parents lay it out to uh, Elena. And by the way, she's there under uh, a disguise that she's there to do a, a piece uh, on, on the brother. Warren, yeah. Who had passed away as a teenager. So then it becomes this big mystery of, well, whose child is she carrying? Yeah, who is Pearl to to Mia. Mia? But then again, you know that it has to be her kid because several times they've mentioned how much Pearl and Mia favor one another. They have the same type hair and other things like that. So then you get this flashback, and we'll keep this quick, but basically... Mia, as a young girl, was very different from her parents. Just like, kind of a black sheep, but not like um, not 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 like rebellious Izzy to the point no. that she didn't get along with them. They imagine were just... imagine like a bland little family, and then you have like this crazy or not crazy, but like incredibly artistic. Blossom. They were just like blue collar yes. workers, and then she just did not fit that mold, no. and it. I actually really enjoyed it. And they just weren't close. Right. They just weren't close. And she was very close to her brother, but her brother had passed. And she ends up getting into a a prestigious art school. Was it at NYU? 
or it's in Ooh, New York City. Is it? Yeah, I don't know if it was. I don't know. It's in New York City. She is under tutelage of this like world famous photographer. The photographer immediately like notices her talent, but she's there like working her butt off. She has like three jobs because her parents won't pay for art school. They don't wish her ill, but they're like, we're not paying for this. I'm sorry. Um, but she needs money. So she works like three jobs. She eats like the leftover food from her diner job kind of thing to get by. I gotta say. So sick. That, I know people do that and I don't begrudge people that do that. Yes. But instead, I feel so sorry. You're like, and would so, never like, eat a, to- a toast point that right. someone lips have been on. Oh, the me. idea of wet bread. Don't. <laughs> Or I'm thinking about all the other food it's touched. Like a little I, cold egg. Right, a little ketchup on the side sick. that somebody's dipped all the... Oh. It's, it's too much. It is too much. <laughs> At anyway, least, I mean, couldn't and, you just and have She a, also gets a, a scholarship. So she's able to do her first year, and she does incredibly well. And then this very famous photographer... What's her name? I'm trying anyway, to remember. Josephine? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever not her name about. is. Uh... Like, her and her partner kind of take Mia under their wing and are just like, you're, you know, so talented, blah, 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 blah. Well, then, um, she is approached one day on a subway car. Well, her scholarship also is uh, really diminished by, like, a significant amount to the point that she's not sure how she's going to make ends meet. Yeah, and, um... Her professor kind of offers her a loan, but she's too prideful to take it. So she meets this couple through kind of a roundabout way, and he invites her to lunch. And there's like Mia, a striking similarity yes. between the wife and Mia, yeah. which is the whole she says why it's literally him. like looking in a mirror. Like they look almost like sisters, at least sisters. And this couple, so this is back in the. 70s, I guess. Let's see, well, 98 minus 15. So, I mean, Six, 80s, early 80s. I'm literally like, I, I need a know. pencil. 83 ish, yeah. maybe. So, they're basically like, IVF has just started. We don't want to test you, baby. Um, There's which is just hilarious. Surrogacy also is yeah. apparently not a thing because that's what, as soon as the cliffhanger was dropped, I was like, oh, yes. she was a surrogate and she right. stole their baby. But, but then she, it's like, like this woman no. was born without a uterus, I think. The other lady, I think that's what it says. Like she has Actually, no uterus I think you're right. or something. I, I don't know. So anyway, that they're basically like, we want to use you as an egg donor and a surrogate and so use the turkey baster method to get you pregnant with the husband's sperm, you carry the child, and then we'll give you like $10,000 to do it, and we'll take care of you in the meantime. They had legal documents thrown up, so it was going to be like, yeah, she's, I uh, guess, somewhat legit. Right. That's and it, it, it kind of seems like her gynecologist, the woman's gynecologist, is in on it the one to an the... extent. Yeah. Um, and supporting it. I hear our family's coming. So we've got to hurry <laughs> this up, y'all. But anyway, um, she eventually agrees to it after being like, no way. And then after she goes home for Warren's um, funeral, her parents she, are horrified that she's right. done this. They're like, how could you sell your own child? Okay, let's think about this. Could you do something like this? It was kind of weird to me that she did choose to do what she did. Because... 
she was totally cool with it right up until then. And it was like this very traumatic moment. I think it's because Warren disapproved of it so severely. Warren was the only one at home that she had told, like over the phone, maybe like a couple weeks before he had passed. And then he was not happy about it and was like, I'm the baby's uncle and I don't think you should be doing this. And then he died. This is something that I truly could never. Oh, I could never do it. But again, I kind of feel like a lot of times in the book, um, Elena would be like, well, I would never be in that situation. (laughs) It's said this multiple times. So I would never have to make that choice and not to be in Elena, but I would never be in that situation. (laughs) So I would never have to make that choice. I think I could do circusy if it was completely somebody else's egg and sperm right. and it was oh, someone yeah. that, close to me that's who I That's different from your own biological yes. child and you're going to say, hey, give me $10,000 and for the rest of their life, yeah. take them. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have no interest. Please. No. Please. No. So, right. So, then we find out that Mia is pretty much on the run. Yeah. That she's taken this baby. She, I think she writes him a note or a letter and she says, says. She was six months along. Can you? I was imagine. like, I lost the baby. Sorry. Here's the money that back, like as much as she could, and then just left with nothing. She left her school. She left all her friends. She left this promising career. She goes to San Francisco, has the baby, and ever since she's been living as Mia Warren and like traveling around. And and so this is like your point that yeah. that's probably a large reason as to why she doesn't want to be found. Every yes. three or four months, they're moving. Because she's afraid somebody's going to come find um, uh, Pearl, think mm-hmm. she's maybe an unfit mother, or at least at the bare minimum, okay, give the dad parental rights and yeah. take her away. Yeah. So, Elena doesn't do anything with this information right up front, but I think later as things come to a head, she does kind of flex this, that she knows what happened and that she's willing to say something if need be and this is where my memory is kind of failing me but at the end of the trial and everything you really they paint a real like like I said you're very torn back and forth I had no idea who Mirabelle this other baby was going to go to the McCullough's or to um to BB but eventually custody is given to the McCullough's and in the eyes of the law I actually understand why they did that. It's, like, very heartbreaking, but I act, I kind of think that it would play out like that still. Right. And one of the large... Life. One of the large premises, too, of the, of the actual trial is that they, they keep mentioning how they really want, or how um, Mirabelle, because she is Chinese, that she deserves to kind of have yeah. a Chinese upbringing and to really know her culture. And they also really peg... Um, uh, Linda, Linda. And, you know, and they're making comments about like Chinese people, and she makes a lot of like, just not dumb, dumb comments. right, not racist, but just like ignorant comments regarding uh race and like and and culture and kind of how really she should be approaching it, and so it's kind yeah. of like she was oh. basically equating knowing about Chinese culture to like eating a fortune cookie and like right. going to China like China right, buffet China. every once going in a while. Going to Chinatown and be like, like she loves rice. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she says that at some point. I'm like, oh, I guess this is 98 and not like 2020, but my gosh. So there's so many like insane themes of it's motherhood, um it's race. <sighs> there's I, I mean the, 
There's just so there's much wrapped up. There's class issues. Right, there's... Where it's like, you know, there's an abortion. There's a, um, a not a semi-surrogacy, but also the taking of the baby. And there's yeah. having the four kids, but also this. And at the end, starts talking a lot more about Izzy. We find out that Izzy was premature when she was born. Her her siblings would be allowed to do things like um, go racing down a... Um, a snowbank or what have you and she wouldn't be allowed to and it was only because her mother had so much pent up anxiety about her about losing her but it's kind of transformed into this cantankerous relationship because Izzy is in fact a very bold very determined child and she's treated unfairly right no matter how you slice it and Izzy, well, that's one of the reasons, too, why she begins to love Mia so much is she's just such a free spirit. Yeah. And she doesn't really inhibit Pearl in the same way. She allows Pearl to kind of have mm-hmm. these relationships. Yeah. So Mia basically takes Izzy kind of under her wing and makes her her little assistant. And Mia, like, Pearl's over at her house every day and... um. Izzy is over at Mia's house every single day. You mean Pearl's at Elena's house? Yes, 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 yes. So they kind of kind of flip, though. Yeah, and so that's kind of running through. You also have these outbursts by, I will say, Izzy was so rude sometimes. Like, it's like, yeah, I get where you're coming from. You are the black sheep. But she was actively rude to some people. Like, when they went to brunch, for example, and she was, like, (laughs) being super rude to the people with the baby or whatever. You're like... Okay. Being a snot-nosed, like, 13-year-old. Yeah, like, you can (laughs) kind of understand why she's just this very... um, Opposite of her mother. Yeah. Her mama is the type of person she's put together. You know, she, even if she's not happy, she's going to kind of, like, grin and bear it. Mm -hmm. Where Izzy's just flat out like, oh, that's stupid. And, like, it's going to be more frank with you than, you know. (laughs) But we're going to try and wrap this up. So, basically, BB loses custody the McCullough's get custody. And, and it's like permanent. Like she doesn't have any rights no, at all. Like no she rights, can't even like no go over for a weekend. Or, no. And up until now, they've actually given BB a little bit of visitation. So she's gotten oh. to know this baby who's hers. Imagine this. Like you give your baby up. You have such guilt. You have the access to see him occasionally. And then it's just totally taken away. Yeah. And, and two, what made me feel so bad is like this lady, she feels like she's in a good place. So she She's wanting the redemption yes. to be able to kind of come in and really take care of Mei Ling, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Mirabelle. Right. Well, and we'll just kind of wrap up this storyline. In the, like, two, maybe one, two days. No, it was like the very night. It was immediately after that. That, that happens. Bibi kind of just gets it into her head, goes to the McCullough's home, opens the back door, which is unlocked. And steals Mirabelle and buys a one-way ticket to China and is never seen again. And it goes into the fact that Linda, of course, is heartbroken. They burn countless, you know, money and hours trying to find this baby. And it just can never be found. Um, And so then as a reader, you're just left to kind of sit with that and, like, what you think is right and wrong. And And what did you think? (sighs) Or what, what was your... I don't know. I like, and it's, it's hard. Cause I feel like there will be judgment either way, but if I'm being totally honest, I think it was the right thing, I guess, for sure. the judge to give the McCullough's custody. Not that people shouldn't have a second chance, 
And I wish that she had known that, like, she could put her baby in foster care for a little while and then get it back later. Right. And then she also had resources that right. people, you know, that, that she could have gotten WIC or, yes. you know, could have been able to have those kind of things. Right. But I guess, I don't know, like, I, the more... And I would be afraid now. it would happen again. Yes, so as a judge, exactly. I can understand that where it's like, okay, yes, you went on a bender and you're better now. But what if something else traumatic happens right. in your life? Is this what you're going to do? Your child's going to be the first thing that's going to In that situation, I guess I have to just turn away from the two people that are warring. When I think about, okay, she I just have to focus more on the baby and the wellness of the baby. And that's exactly like what you just said. It's just like... I would never want her to be hurt ever again. And so I'd want her to be in the best possible situation financially and taken care of and like proven where, yeah. Right. I don't and, know. and I think a big part of that too was that from the, uh, from the storyline, it almost made it sound like BB kind of thought like, oh, like the part of why they're getting cussy is they're really rich. And yes. that wasn't even as much of like a big deal as just the fact that right. she was left somewhere so you know i'm kind of like when it went into the fact that like the baby had severe 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 diaper rash it was malnourished and you could see her ribs and her backbone and like it was really intense and like i do believe that bb did her best right it laid it out that that she was trying yeah but she just couldn't. Yeah, right. That she she tried, but it just wasn't enough. Yeah. Do you? So you agree? You would. Oh give yeah. It to the McCullers. Well, I say, oh yeah. As yeah. a mother, it. Yes, I, it hurts. Right. Oh, and to even hardly think about it, it would be devastating. Yeah. But yeah, and and this is a terrible Sometimes, mean thought. I'm also like she could at least have other children. Mm-hmm. That's not a reason to the baby. But yeah. but still, I'm like okay that there could at least she could be vindicated in other ways. Yeah. And it makes me sad that like they will never see this baby again. Oh, yeah. no, right. No, the, 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 so the kidnapping. Yes. Look at here. If I'm sat here and raised a baby <laughs> for almost its entire life and somebody kidnaps oh it, especially because they felt that this lady was unfit. Yeah. So you would be thinking, not only would you be thinking your baby's gone, but your baby's mm-hmm. gone in the hands of someone that could just, you know, have, have serious uh, depression issues later. Yep. And, oh, well. You're not there to help the baby. Yeah. It'd be, yeah, that'd be very devastating. So this all comes to a head. And at the same time as Elena's trying to dig up stuff to help Linda's case, she ends up stumbling in. Oh, I remember now. She was like, oh, Linda, what if she was pregnant Uh, again? What if she's gotten an abortion while this is happening? And so she tries to like manipulate her old friend, a Planned Parenthood, to tell her if she has BB on her record. I loved how the old friend at, yes. at the very end stood up for herself <laughs> yeah. and for her um, doctoral. Yes. The whatever. You, right. Like, and said, no. Yes. So she won't let her see him, but Elena kind of does it anyway. And guess whose name she sees in the recent abortions? Pearl's. Well, then she immediately thinks that Pearl and Moody have been sleeping together and that she's had an abortion. And Does she it? just goes psycho crazy. And she's like, basically like my poor, my poor family, like this hussy has come in because she just can't stand Mia. And like right. all this stuff is wrapped up in the case and all that crap. And she goes and she confronts Moody. Can you imagine, by the way, the shock? Yeah. So this this woman knows her kids 
like does she does she know him at all she doesn't yeah. she's not aware of these major changes and things mm-hmm. going on in their life she's not aware who you know moody mm-hmm. you know at this point moody has found out about tripping them so he's aware she's not aware of his feelings and the devastation that he's feeling she's not aware of trip uh She's not aware that Trip one has having a relationship with her, and then she's also not aware that poor old um, Lexi has had an abortion. So it really makes you think that El- Elena, as she confronts um, Moody, and Moody of course is like, "Oh, actually, no, I'm not the father. If anybody's the father, it's going to be Trip. Go talk to your other child." So as this happens, she really kind of begins to realize that her family's not this like perfect unit that she thought it was. She begins to realize that maybe Mia actually knows more about, you know, her child than she does. So yeah, she just kinda realizes that it's things are not as they appear. <laughs> I wish somebody actually, I'm glad nobody can see this, but we're like tandem nurses. <laughs> Got two babies oh, gosh. on the teat <laughs> on a podcast. Okay. So, real quick, because of all that, it just starts spiraling. Um, Elena confronts Mia. Did you talk about that at all? Nope, nope. Like, anyway, she tells her what she knows about her. Um, she also, it made me so mad that she, Elena, got so mad at Moody when she thought that Pearl had gotten an abortion. But when she realizes, because of Izzy, that it was really Trip, she's totally on Trip's side. Like, Oh, about she, the... Yeah, like, she treats Izzy poorly, but she also treats Moody poorly in that they're, situation. Well, it's, again, like you said, the, the eldest two, they're like her. Yeah. And then the younger two is just like, okay... Like her aspirational you, you're my Right, you're my spare children. Yeah. <laughs> I've got another son and daughter. If one dies, I guess he'll, you know, you'll yes. pick up the slack, but... So, all this comes to a head. She basically tells Mia everything she knows about her past. So, Mia, of course, has to come clean to Pearl and is like, we gotta go. We gotta leave we got a pack pearl's like what's going on and mia finally tells pearl about the whole truth of her existence and where she comes from and why who she really is and can, can you believe this though takes they, it like a dang champ like they, just as like oh okay mother it was that was weird to me it's unrealistic weird. But also how the the main thing that was unrealistic to me was i'm like you're 14 15 years old you're not going to ask any questions right. about your dad. It doesn't matter to me how much you love your mom. You're going to want to say, even this maybe six, seven, eight-year-old, who's my father? Right. Can I see him? What Tell me about like? him. Yeah. Uh, right. Do, do I act like him? Yes. And of course, no, she's really in a rock and a hard place where she doesn't know the dad very well. Mm-hmm. She really can't say like, oh, he loved baseball and, you know, you've got his like, you know, your right. pinky sticks up left, just like his does, or, you know, whatever it may be. And it's weird to me, also, that, like, in the book, Mia is totally sexless. She, like, has no other relationships. It says that she's Kippen. not interested in... She's a virgin. Yes, yeah, she's a virgin. I'm this <laughs> was astounding to me. And also, why I will say it's astounding to me is whenever I watch the stupid show, was it the very first yes. scene that she's having sex? I'm like, this is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not true. That got to me. But, Almost yeah. Almost the opposite. She never had relationships. Beca- and well, the yeah, main thing she's was... She's just an odd duck. She's well, her own kind of person. I, even, I just mainly took it that she wanted to keep 
her and Pearl so safe yes. that she just was like, it's not worth it for me to have a boyfriend. Yeah. You know, Pearl is my number one concern. I don't want her taken away, so I can't risk letting someone else in, in my life right now. Right. Or ever, maybe. I mean, who knows? And because of all of that, they just decide to leave that night. They drop off the keys. Izzy finds out, and Izzy goes ballistic like she's going all around she picks it all out she realizes unlike elena elena doesn't realize that pearl hadn't actually had the abortion but izzy immediately puts it all together wait a minute if somebody was to come to you and tell you one of your daughters had an abortion but you knew that it was really their daughter that had the abortion maybe i would say abortion but some traumatic oh i'd be like check it again sister exactly why don't you go look in your own house i don't know that i would say it so explicitly but i'd be like no you need to go talk to your daughters I, my girl had ex- nothing to do with there's this. no flipping way yeah. i would let it fly that you're gonna think my baby mia, my kind-hearted sweet yes. child my mia or my mia my mia is just way uh, she's way too she's, zen she's and very she, passive well she also just doesn't she doesn't care she's like we're safe this woman can't hurt us. Whatever right. she says doesn't gonna matter. Leave. Like she's on like a different plane of self awareness than I am. So she was cool with it. And then they are so used to packing up and leaving that they just pack them and leave. Right. And like Pearl is just, I mean, she's kind of sad. This to me, but it's still bizarre. This would sh- never happen. No. You're leaving behind your first boyfriend. Yes. The first serious amount of friends that you've got. Yes. You're a young teenager, and you're not even gonna balk at all. Hmm. Even if even if she thought she was going to meet, or she would spill it, and she'd have to meet her dad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm like, that's... And Pearl's like, or, or Mia's like, like oh, do you want to meet, you know, do you want to meet your grandparents? And Pearl's like, maybe someday, but Lies. not now. It's very weird. Very, very weird. Very unrealistic yes. is what we will say. <laughs> so anyway, Izzy is so pissed off by this whole thing that she literally goes to her house and sets the entire thing on fire <laughs> while her mother is sleeping. And then she takes her stuff and she takes off. And she takes off to try and, t- it says to find Izzy, or to find Mia and Pearl and meet up with them. Which, come on Izzy, like, if Such that was a, the case, then Mia would be charged with kidnapping, potentially. Right. So, And this is what got to me, Kippen. This was another part of the book that I'm like, oh, excuse me. At the so, like we said, at the very the very first chapter was you know the end of the book, Mm -hmm. but it kind of backtracked. The mother realizes Izzy's not there, doesn't doesn't care. Yeah, doesn't make any move. She's not stressed out. She's worried about her house burning down. Right. I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't want my house, my possessions burning down. But if my baby is gone, my baby, that's what I'm gonna be thinking about. You're just going to say, okay, well, she's 14. She makes her own choices. Bye. And especially someone like her, someone that's on the ball, that's Mm -hmm. got this type of, like, personality where, you know, she's going to go into someone else's home and lie up a storm and and, and be this intrusive. No way. No way. That's kind of where the book ends. There's no, like, hard stop. You kind of can... I I liked the ending because you know what's going to happen to these people. The children are basically going to go on the path that they need to. Izzy's probably going to be found, and then she's going to run away again, and then she's eventually going to leave and do her own thing. Have a terrible relationship with her parents later down the road. Right, and it's just like, you can see it play out. But the whole book was just so good, and... I, somebody asked, because I was like, wow, I read this book, and it actually is really, really good, because it's been so popular, and it's been everywhere, and sometimes, you know, those things can be disappointed, but I just enjoyed this so much, 
and they asked me if it was depressing, and I was like, you know, oh, there was a ton of hard, like, really serious things, but they just are played so well. I was like, it's juicy, but it's not depressing. Like, I, I would, yeah, the book, the book was a very interesting read. Once, yes. like I said, you hit about halfway, and you really knew the characters. Mm-hmm. I wanted to find out what was happening to all of them. Yeah. They were somewhat believable. I mean, mm-hmm. for the most part, I think, and they were they were fun and interesting. I liked that she had a lot of diversity yeah. in the personalities of them. But uh, sorry, here, people. But yeah, okay. So it was one more thing we wanted to talk about, which was um, Hulu's adaptation of the show. That's me making a barf noise. If maybe if I had never picked up this book and I was Ooh, just yeah. going at it from a show, I mean, Carrie Washington and Reese Witherspoon are great actresses. Uh, looks wise, I think they were well cast. I actually loved the like '90s vibe. The in little the show. pearl was so beautiful, and yes. I, and totally what I you yes. know I was like pearl, okay, gorgeous. The two daughters actually look a lot like Reese Witherspoon. Yes. They all the siblings yes. look like siblings to me. I and really was kind of surprised. All the teenagers are actually played by teenagers, which is a big deal. Other than that, there's not a lot going it. on. Oh my gosh. Okay. The my main qualm with this, the main thing was, in the book there was so much love between Mia and Pearl, and that's mm-hmm. why Pearl can forgive her for a lot of what's going on in their lives. She can forgive her that they're pretty poor and that she, you know, literally only shops at Goodwill. She can forgive that she doesn't know anything about anyone mm-hmm. else, in her, any family members. In the book, or excuse me, in the show, they, there's so much friction. I I don't get it. Why would you change it in this way? Izzy also is despised by her mother. Yeah. She's she's this unwanted fourth child. Where in the book she's so wanted and it's her love that gets in the way. Yeah. It just it took the whole uh, or it took big, the heart out of it right. for sure. It was and on 99 <sighs> and like in the in the book I really am like rooting for Mia the whole time. Yes, very much so. Whereas it was almost like you're rooting for Elena in her, the in the show. Carrie Washington's oh little snarl, her like little the sneer the uh, entire time. And two, what what made you also really want to be on her side as opposed to Elena's is when it would when. There was just a lot of things. Like, whenever she asked her to be the house cleaner, like you said, she just knew, like, okay, I'm just going to do this because this rich white lady wants me to. We're in the show. She's like, why? What do you mean? Do you think I need to? And I'm like, I couldn't believe. Just rude and cruel. Even if they wanted to portray her like that, I just couldn't believe that a woman like that would ever agree. Right. To do that. Exactly. What would be that? That that the character would then want that person in her home. Like that was treated her with nothing but disdain from square one. Part Part of that was even in the book too, where I'm like, she pushed. She pushed too much to want to help, and it didn't yes. quite make sense. But in the show, it was it a lot really more evident. Yeah. Where I'm like, "Yeah, sorry, you're like a biatch towards me." <laughs> no, I'm not fixing to sit here and like yeah. give you a great check and be like, "Oh, we tip well." Like, please, <laughs> honey, you're thing lucky. I kind of liked was when, uh, and I haven't watched. I mean, yeah, we haven't finished haven't it either finished of us it because I'm just like I don't even know if I want to. But I did like that trip immediately. It was like, this is screwed up. Like, why am I doing this? You, my brother likes you. I like that a lot. I wish yeah. it would have happened in the book. Yes. It would have been appropriate to happen in the like, book. I was like, okay, trip. Oh, no. Of all, <laughs> Don't of care all of, people. Yes. The only... Sure, trip. 
Uh, so anyway maybe someone else loves it but it was not if you're not a book reader and then but you love listening to us talk sure go read go watch it my own mother watched it without reading the book and she said up until the very last episode she had no clue what was going on so i'm like okay michelle can't figure this out then so yeah well live from uh Kippen and Scout and Penelope and Lacey. This is one page more. Thanks for joining. Till next time.